This is the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Shoftim, Chapter 14. Today, we try and start probing the enigma who is Shimshon. And the chapter 14 begins, Vayered Shimshon Timnata, Vayari Shabbat Plishtim, that Shimshon went to Timna, not far from Bet Shemesh, and he sees a woman there, a Philistine woman. seen a girl. I want to marry her. His father and mother, notice they always talk together, say, Can't you find a nice, good Jewish girl? You're going to take a wife from those plishtim, those arelim. Arelim is a value statement. They're uncircumcised. They are polluted. And they are the plishtim, our enemies. Shimshon turns around and says, Kach I want her. This sounds like a classic story of, you know, boy meets girl, he's in love, assimilation, intermarriage, and the parents just, they can't do anything about it. The rabbis say about this, Shimshon halach achare inav, that Shimshon went after his eyes, and therefore his eyes were gouged out. The Gemara in Sota, Davtet, and um, notice the emphasis on Vayar, Isharaiti. And there's something bizarre about this man who's meant to save the Jewish people, who instead sees foreign women all the time and desires them. Now, it could well be that we could see this in one of two ways. On the one hand, Shimshon is going to be the strange man who is more Philistine than the Philistines in his brutality, in his riddles. All of these are going to seem like and his penchant for Philistine women. On the other hand, there's something really interesting because sometimes we do see that saviors of the Jewish people, in order to save, have to be somewhat like our enemies. Think about it. Moshe is half Egyptian. When we get to Esther, for example, Esther is Ishtar is, her Hebrew name's Hadassah. She knows how to integrate to the point that people don't even realize she's Jewish. So frequently, if you're going to save your people, especially when your people are the underdog, the irony is that you have to be a little bit like uh, the other nations. Chaim Weitzman used to ride around London with a, with a Rolls Royce. He was, he, he, with a top hat, he was British and he was fighting the British for a Jewish state. Sometimes you have to be able to engage in their culture in order to fight it. Might this penchant for the Philistine way of life be part of what could possibly set up Shimshon to save us from the Philistines? It could, but in a minute we're going to see this is not the case. So they go down to go and see the Shidduch. And by the way, the text here says, his father and mother didn't know that this was really from God because he was looking for an excuse, an excuse 
from the Philistines. And at that time, the Philistines were ruling Israel. Who was looking for an excuse? Shimshon or God? Listen to the following. Verse 4. Verse 5, sorry. So they're on their way down to Timnah, and suddenly there is a young lion roaring in their direction. Shoeg lit krato, in his direction. And suddenly, he gets the Spirit of God over him, and he tears it apart, like somebody would tear apart a gdi, a young um, goat. There's nothing in his hand. He didn't tell his father and mother what he did. Why aren't his father and mother with him? I thought they were all walking together. The rabbis say that they were actually walking through a vineyard. <laughs> and the father and mother walked through the vineyard, and that was the way they made their way to Timnah. And Shimshon said, look, I, I can't, I'm, not, I'm a Nazir, I'm not allowed to walk through a vineyard. And he went round the outside. And this is why he was alone, and he met the uh, lion. Think about what we're talking about. How exactly do you tear a lion, a roaring lion in half? I mean, how big is Shimshon? You know, when, when Gustav Dore has to imagine this, when he has to paint it, he imagines that Shimshon is actually um, on the lion's back and puts his hands right into the lion's mouth and tears it apart. Just think about the, the sheer strength, the sheer bravery, the lack of fear. Why doesn't he tell his father and mother about all of this? And I think it's really very clear. Because if he tells his father and mother, what will his mother say to him? What will his father say? Aha, uh aha, -huh. uh -huh. you see, this is exactly what God told me when I was pregnant. Didn't we tell you? Since you were a little boy, since you used to play in the Ganyaladim, and when you used to play on the climbing frame, you used to bend the metal on the climbing frame, this strength is there, so you'll save the Jewish people. But here is the key thing. Shimshon is the man who is fleeing from his destiny. He has this fatal attraction to, the, this is indeed what, what it says in the verse. God is looking for an excuse. God is drawing him to the Philistim. He has a fatal attraction with the Philistines. And yet at this stage, he's in love. He's in love with a Philistine woman. He has been told since he was a little boy that he is going to fight the Philistines. And he is maybe even resentful of that. And instead, what happens to him? He is going to marry a Philistine girl. He is going to be more Philistine than the Philistines. Of course, what is the ultimate sign of, I don't know, Woody Allen assimilation is that you marry the non-Jewish blonde and that shows that you are fully integrated, that you have discarded that Jewish stain on your identity. And remember that the Plishtim are Moshlim Israel. The Plishtim are the ruling class. The Israelites as so often happens, probably want to identify in some way as Philistines. Well, the Shidduch is made, and a year later, as we see, um, it says, Vayashav miyamim, which means a year later he comes um, to actually marry this wife. And here we're going to see two elements, which are very Philistine. Number one is going to be the riddles, which seem part of the wedding um, celebrations. And the second one, would seem to be a spirit of competition and even uh, vengeance. Because what happens is, on the way, he sees, he goes and looks at the carcass of the, um, of the carcass of the lion, and in fact there are 
um, bees. Uh, 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 there is a, a bee's nest inside it. And what does it say? He puts his hand right in. He's not afraid of the bees. Bees are like flies for him. And he goes eating. It says, um, He's like, I don't know, like a bear eating from the, the honey, gives even to his father and mother. And when he gets there, um, part of the wedding seems to be riddles. <laughs> you know, even now, Shevabrach, people play games. Why do they play games? Well, maybe part of the thing is that weddings are awkward. You've got two families coming together who don't really know one another, spending a lot of time together and a lot of money. And you need something maybe to diffuse the tension, even between the Chatan and the Kala. It's very intense. So here, he, and now, of course, what does Shimshon do? Shimshon has to outsmart, out-Philistine the Philistines. And he gives them a riddle they can't possibly know. A riddle only works if somebody else can work it out. But this is a story nobody else would know. And therefore, when he turns around to them and he says um he says his, his his riddle which is you know mama by the way he always has phenomenal um poetry from the eater came the food and from the strong came the sweet and of course they can't get it what do they do they start turning and putting pressure on the, Shimshon's young wife and they say right if you don't put, find out the solution will burn you and your father his whole house down um, the the impression here by the way is that that this is a battle between peoples because she eventually turns around to Shimshon and begs him, and she's crying the whole of the Sheva Brachas, and she says, you don't love me, you hate me. And she said, you told my people a, a riddle, but you didn't tell me. And she cries for seven days, wasn't a great week, and eventually, she leaks the information which she gets out of Shimshon. And at the critical moment, they tell them, Mama Tokmidvash, Uma Azmiari, what is sweeter than honey, what is fiercer than a lion? And he says, If you hadn't ploughed my um, calf, you never would have found out the solution. He's furious. And at this point, the Spirit of God comes upon him. This is not a Spirit of God which is prophecy this is not even a spirit of god which leads him to summon the people but it leads him to personal vengeance and this is the huge dilemma and the the enigma of shimshon because he goes to ashkelon quite far away he has to go a long way he kills 30 people and he takes their uniforms and many of the people say many of the commentators say that these were military men and what does he do? He brings these 30 uniforms back. And he's furious. However, when he gets back there, they had already given away his wife. Well, I think we can well imagine that if Shimshon was furious before, he is now even more furious. And we'll be talking more about this, but Ezra Hashem, next week. Hit
My name is Alex Israel, and this is the Tanakh Podcast. Please explore my website and sign up for my weekly Parsha podcasts at www.alexisrael.org. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please contact me through my website. Hit